Welcome to the Airborne Youth Podcast. Today you'll be hearing a message from Ben Evenson. So, what we're doing tonight, I got a thing. I got a thing we're going on. And I've had this brewing reality in my heart all for like a week. Here we go. And I got visual aids ready. So this is not going to be totally ADD central. But I'm going to stay on this. But we may take some rabbit trails along the way. But here we go. We're starting right off with the Word of God. Are you ready for this? I think Hannah's going to put them up on the screen too so you can follow around. I'm reading NIV. I think it might be ASV, which is pretty close on the screen. But here we go. Matthew 13. Verse 3 through 8, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. These are big stones if you can't see them from there. The path. Okay, got it? Some birds came along and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew grew up and choked out the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or even thirty times what was sown in the first place. Period. Okay? How many of you have heard that story before? Probably a big majority, right? Who told this story? Jesus. It's in red letters. If you got one of those Bibles, Jesus spoke this. And the very next several verses, his disciples come to him and they're like, Jesus... Why are you always speaking to everybody in parables? Why do you do these weird stories? You know, like, why don't you just tell us what God says? And Jesus kind of goes like, he's like, well, you got to understand something. Y'all don't understand something. Essentially, by paraphrase, Jesus is kind of like, well, if I told you what straight up heaven language, it would be like, 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 you know, who knows? Like, what what did he say? So Jesus is like, these people are farmers. So what are we going to talk about? Plants. It makes sense to people when you speak in plant language. How many of you are farmers? We actually have a few in the place. Come on. Gardeners? How many gardeners do we have? Okay. How many of you have ever eaten something that comes from a plant? Some of you are like, no, my food all comes from the grocery store. Anyway. It's a sad but true, people, right? Come on. Right? So Jesus tells this crazy story, and his disciples are like, Jesus, what are you doing? Why are you always telling these weird stories? He's like, well, frankly, because you still don't get it even after I told the story, and I made it as simple as it can possibly be. Okay? So then Jesus goes on, and I actually like the way that Luke, I mean, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this story in their own, like, version, if you will. They're all pretty much the same, but there's different little nuances that they pick up. So I like the way that Luke picked up on Jesus's like second run with his disciples, because this was after the crowd had left and Jesus is sitting with his disciples and they're like, going, why do you do this? I don't get it. And he goes, this is why right here. So Luke 8, 11 to 15, we'll put up on the screen as well. This is the meaning of the parable. You guys know what parable means? Do you? You're just saying yes, because you're in church and you're supposed to. I'm just kidding. Parable. It's a heavenly sto- an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Is like how I learned it as like a five-year-old or something, okay? It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So when you read these stories in the Bible that are parables of Jesus, you don't just go like, why is he talking about grapes and flowers? This is so weird. Why does he talk about fruit all the time? Like, what is wrong with him, okay? He's taking something that's tangible and real to their everyday lives, and communicating a kingdom principle out of the heart of God and what God is like through these stories, okay? 
and what people are like and how people live and react. So he goes right here. The seed is what? Anybody know? The word of God. Oh, duh. It's on the screen. That's how you knew. Cheaters. Okay. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So he literally comes and robs things that land on hard soil. Okay? On the path. Right there. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. They hear the word of God. They're like, wow, that's amazing. I had the best encounter on a retreat. Now I'm a super Christian for like a whole week and a half. It says it. It's right there. It says those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Remember how Jesus said it? It's they're the ones that spring forth quickly. They're like, look, I'm a plant. It's like this dinky little like sapling thing. Like, look at all my fruit. You know, and it's like everybody's going like, okay, see how this goes. And it says the minute the sun comes out and the testing shows up in their life, They wither and die because they have no roots. Mm. Right? Plants don't do so good with roots. You know something about sequoia trees? Charles talked about this a couple months ago, right? Sequoia trees are the largest living organism on planet Earth. Okay? I believe it's 24 feet or 25 feet between these two pillars. Okay? The largest recorded sequoia tree is 30 feet side to side. So it would be beyond the ends of the pillar, basically, on about the width of the entire pillar, all the way around. The, just the base of the tree is the size of this room. Do you understand? And they grow to be 300 feet tall. Okay? Our sanctuary up top, up in the sanctuary, if you've been up in the main sanctuary ever, the top, top of the roof is 28 and a half feet. Times 10 of our sanctuary stacked straight up. These are big trees, okay? You know what's really crazy about them, though? Is their roots. It says that they've found that their roots can grow up to twice the height of the tree in both directions. So a 300-foot tree has roots that go 500 feet that way, 500 feet, maybe 600 feet that way, five to 600 feet they've measured in each direction, a thousand foot coverage with their root system. Because you think a big tree like that, you get a big storm comes through, right? You got troubles, but root systems are really cool. You know what's also really cool about them? They grow together in forests. And what happens is these trees will grow near each other and 500 foot roots tend to get intertwined with the others around them and create an in like an impenetrable strength of these forests. It's like no hurricane, no tornado. These trees just stand. They're like, please, is that all you got? Like houses go flying and these trees are like, oh, felt it, you know? Because they've got roots. Because that big tree would just be like, boom, like no problem. 30 feet's really wide at the base, but not when it's 300 feet tall. Okay, like that's not a surprise. That's not a very wide base considering. But when you talk about the base being twice as wide as the height, you're like, oh, you'll never knock that thing over. And then you intertwine it with a hundred other trees that are as big and like that. That's insane, right? Love that picture. Anyway, God is so in nature, it's ridiculous. It's why Jesus talked about it. He said, I only say what I hear the Father say. 
God's like, talk to him about nature. We made that, remember? Like, all of creation speaks to the goodness and glory of God. Every rock, every tree, every cloud. I'm driving with Maisley this morning. We're driving to Papa's house because she's going to go to Papa's house for the afternoon. And well, we're looking and there's clouds. And I was like, Maisley, do you see any animals in the clouds? She's like, no. Like, anything that's like a cloud that's shaped like an animal? She's like, no. You know, like she's three. We're, getting, we're working on the, that part. But she's a kind of matter of fact. She's like, no, Dad, there's no animals in the sky. Are you kidding? She likes unicorns. I don't get it. But. But here's this real, like God, like, have you ever just been fascinated by the sky by, at night? Holy cow. Like, you look up and you're like, it's big and amazing. Like, all of it is crazy. It all speaks to God. So here's this reality, okay? So those that fall on rocky ground, right? Big rocks everywhere. You could get a seed to grow out of this. You could. You could water it every day, keep the right conditions, all that kind of stuff. But the minute it takes on any amount of testing... The heat of the sun, the soil dries out because this kind of soil doesn't retain water well. Because it's got so much space and airflow through it because it's so open, right? That a wind blows or the sun shines, the rocks get hot and all the water evaporates out. And now the plant's got nothing to soak up and energize it, okay? Oh, here's the next one. The seed that fell among the thorns. These are not thorns, but they kind of have little pokey things on them. It's all I could find out there. It's... Spring, everything's like this tall right now, but I found these weeds, okay? Anyway, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasure, and they do not mature, okay? We could put some seeds in there. We could probably get them to sprout and grow, but what's going to be their problem forever, Yeah, they're in competition, right? There's things that are kept in this soil that are taking up what? Space. What does it require for a plant to grow? Water. These guys are stealing all the water. The little seeds going like, I got one little root. I'm trying to, you know. These guys are going like, we got a whole root system here. Am I right? What else are they stealing? The light. The nutrients, it's all getting, because this little seed that's trying to grow down here ain't getting no sunshine, no photosynthesis happening. Sorry for bringing school into the equation, but here. Photosynthesis. Anybody know songs about it? I'm not going there. Emily's like, yes, I do. Anyway, stay with me. I know I just acted like a teacher. I shouldn't do that. Anyway, um, so they're in competition. These seeds want to grow. They've landed in pretty good soil. Like, there's, it's nice, wet, moist soil. But they're living in competition with the other things that have grown and been established in their lives. Things that surround them, that take up all the energy, that take up all the time, that take up all the light, that take up all the energy. It sucks them dry, and they sit there going, I can't do it, I can't grow, because they're drowning in this reality. And the last one says, but the seed... On good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and persevere, and by persevering, they produce a crop. Now listen, there's only one of the four sets of seeds in this parable that actually do what? Well, they all grow. Well, these three grow. What happens? What? They actually produce a fruit. Okay? Guess what, Christians? The Bible says something. 
You will not be known as a Christian because you say you're a Christian and wear a cross around your neck and a cool Jesus t-shirt. It says they will know you are Christians by the fruit in your life. And if you never produce fruit, then there's no evidence that you carry life and all you are is talking and people are going like, Charlie Brown, Christians are all hypocrites. They say this and they say they're free and they say they got life and they say they got joy, but they're miserable, backstabbing, gossipy, shoot, right? Living two-faced, I know, right? Why do you think the world thinks this of Christians? Because we sprout up in rocky soil and go, I'm a Christian! And then something hard comes and we go like, I'm going to take my life because I'm so miserable and life sucks and no one loves me. And they're going like, I thought you had Jesus. You can produce branches but no fruit and it doesn't do anybody any good. Because frankly, lettuce is not as good as an apple. You can chew on a plant, but most of them taste awful. It's what comes from the plant. You ever chewed on an apple tree branch? Oh, mom, I need a snack after school. You'd be like, awful, hard and miserable. But the fruit of the branch is what brings life and refreshing and flavor and makes your world amazing. So here's the reality. You got four soils, and guess who's in charge of the soil? Who's in charge of the soil? Y'all are. If God was in charge of the soil, this would all this is all there would be. But it says there's four different kinds. You got these that are come to church things, or they hear this Christian thing, and they're like, I don't want anything to do with God, I want nothing. Their hearts are hard. It says it right there. The seed. Those along the path are the ones who hear the word and the devil comes and takes them away because their hearts, the soil of their heart is rock solid. I don't want to hear this. I don't want anything to do with this God because I've been hurt and I've been abused and I've been this and I've seen what Christians are like and I've seen like, guess what? You're not called to see and judge by everybody else because Jesus doesn't make your heart like this. Do you understand that? Now listen, there's hope. Because let me tell you my own story. The first time I came to this crazy church where people make weird noises and laugh hysterically and fall down and shake and you don't know if you're supposed to call an ambulance or, or celebrate. Right? Like, are they okay? Like, you just don't know. Like, they just, boom, on the ground. And you're like, uh, 911 or a fire. You know, like, we don't know what to do. This was weird for me. I came to this place the very first time. A lot of you know my story. I've shared it a handful of times here and there. I hated it here. I came to this place like this. 15 years ago. I showed up in this place. No, 16 years ago, I guess it was. 2003, I came here and there was a conference happening upstairs. The worship was weird. Oh, and it was, it's normal here now. Like seriously, back then it was like, People with flags everywhere, and you're getting, like, almost hit in the head. People got, like, swords. There was a guy with a lightsaber that would worship in the back where the usher room is. 
It was kind of beautiful, but I didn't like it then because that didn't feel like church to me. This isn't what God would do. Anyway, I had all kinds of hard crap in my heart going on, and I was like, this is wrong, and there's these women running around in tights, and they're flipping things around, and they're... I was like, what is this? This is sick. I was like, this is some kind of like demonic worship. I was seriously, I was like, there is nothing good in this. My wife can tell you this is true. I was like, I was like, my, her parents were coming here and we just got married and we came to visit. And I was like, I didn't know anything about this. We were in Baptist Bible college and I was a senior in Bible college. So I knew everything about church. And I came to this place and was like, what is this? You know, I was like, this is not church. I've done church, you know, all my life, you know. And doing church my entire life, I had a heart like this when I came into this place. I wasn't, imp- I wasn't like totally a disaster, but in, in my receptivity to the Holy Spirit, what, did he do, what he wanted to do in my heart that night, because I don't believe now that anything that was happening that night was demonic. My heart was not prepared to receive the seed, because I had determined in my heart, in my pride, that I knew what it was supposed to look like, and I had no desire to change. So they did like two hours of worship, which they do at conferences. And I was like, good Lord, I was used to like three songs, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, tag, tag. And if the Holy Spirit showed up, tag, tag. Stop. Set your capo. Next song, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Three songs. You go long. We're walking out. It was like, you know, I knew church. And they're like two hours of worship and they never stop to even give you a chance to breathe. They don't tell you to sit down every other song where you can rest your legs. I'm like, what the heck? We stayed here for two hours? Anybody else felt like this ever? Serious. Some of you are like, yeah, totally feel it. But this was totally me when I came. And then the speaker gets up. Took him an hour to take the offering. I was like, oh, my gosh, money. Anyway, they're just begging for money again at the church. I was like, everything was wrong with it with me. Point. Okay? And then the speaker got up. I was like, good. Finally, we can hear the word of God. I'm like, let's do this, you know? And. Ten minutes goes by. It felt like that. It might have been one minute. I don't know. It felt like forever. Nobody comes up to the platform. Every, they announce this speaker. Everybody cheers and stands up. Everybody sits down, and there's no one up there. I'm like, what is happening? Everybody's like, ooh, ooh, making noises all over the room. Holy, you know, yelling and stuff. I'm like, what's holy? I, don't, I had no clue. And then a couple minutes later, these two guys come and grab this person by the hands and their feet, literally pick them up, drop them up on the platform, like lay, laid them down, okay? Handed them a microphone and, play, and laced up, placed a Bible in front of their head. And for like a half an hour, they laid there and cried with the microphone. <laughs> like, what the heck is happening? First of all, it was a woman, and I was like, what is this? Demonic, you know, like women preaching in the church. I had all kinds of problems with this. I had all kinds of problems. Guess what? I was the problem. Okay? Then, then they, she finally starts to preach, and all she says is, I hate conferences. But Daddy told me I had to come. I was like, I'm done. Forget it. Do you... Most of you are catching on who this was. This was Heidi Baker. And I now, when I sit and hear her speak, I'm like, oh, my whole life is like transformed. I'm like, I don't love anybody. I suck at life. She's so amazing. I just want to be like her. Like, I just want to be like anybody else. Get that feeling. Who knows Heidi Baker? 
Okay, she's ridiculous. She's planted like 3,000 churches in Africa, and she's got orphanage of, of thousands of kids she's taken in. The first kid she adopted out of the garbage dump held a glass bottle to her throat and tried to kill her. He now runs their, their whole entire ministry in Pembo, Mozambique. He got adopted into a family and got loved right. I mean, I was screwed up. Not that. That was awesome. And I had all kinds of this. And over the next six, eight months, year, maybe 10 years, I don't know how long it's taken, and I'm still getting chiseled down. This started getting shattered as I said, God, I don't know. I let my pride fall down, and all this stuff started getting broken up, and I started to look more like this. Because guess what? This isn't hopeless. This just needs process to get here. Okay? And so I got to a season where I was like, whoa, cool stuff's happening. And I remember the first time I had a sprout happen here in this place. We had come to visit again because I was trying to get my in-laws saved. My, my wife's parents, I was like, we got to get them out of here, get them saved again because they're going to hell right now. It's like, I was like, but we kind of kept coming. And I was like, man, I had gone back to the word trying to go like, God, what is it? And that's what happened. I started to go to the word for myself, not for what I had been trained and taught my whole life. Because I was like, something's broken. Something's not right. I can't get this. My pride fell down, and I said, I need to learn. And it was the Word of God that started breaking this thing down to pieces. Okay? And then I got to here, and I, I'm here on a Sunday morning a couple months later, and the children's pastor gets up during announcements, and he's like, we had this lady. I can't remember the exact story, but we had this lady who was sick, an adult in the church that was super sick, cancer maybe, I don't remember. And he said, we had her come downstairs, and all the children, first to fifth grade, gathered around and laid hands on her for pray- and prayed for healing. And she got totally and completely healed. And I was like, well, I don't know about that healing thing. But I remember my heart exploded. Poof! You know, like little sprout came forth. I said, they don't just babysit kids in this church. I like that. I heard the word. And with joy, I received it. There was something in me that got excited. But guess what? I was like, I was still like, that's nice. But there was no fruit in me. There was just growth. And what that took was a continued place of renewing my heart and saying, God, take this one. It needs to be smaller. Take this one. It needs to be smaller. And eventually, we got some decent soil going, and growth began to happen more and more and more in my life. But then there's the weeds that grow out of it. When you get good soil, anything grows. Whatever you make room for is going to grow. Not just the word of God. You get good soil. You finally come before God and say, okay, I was proud. I need to learn. I was damaged. I was hurt. I was troubled. I was whatever. And now, God, I've kind of put my heart before you and allowed you to work the soil. And he starts adding, he starts adding some fertilizer. Right? He starts getting all that stuff going in there. But guess what? Whatever you make space for grows there. Because not much is going to grow here regardless. It's just like, you're just hard. It's just like, no life. This, you get little sprouts, but they can't take the pain. Something bad happens, you're done. You quit on Jesus. Quit your faith. Drop out. Get depressed. Hello, look around your world. Okay? This produces growth, but now what's the reality? Now we're not into, God, make this smaller. It's into, God, I don't want this anymore. Sorry, cleaning team. We actually start to go, you know what? There's things in my life that I don't need. Religion might be your thing. Okay? 
Lying might be your thing. Manipulating people might be your thing. Gossiping might be your thing. You know, that'll grow really good. You ever seen VeggieTales rumor weed? Ding, 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 right? Boom, mind blown. That's why they used a weed. Because, man, those things grow to, like, super colossal level. When you decide to have an offense against somebody, and it's your job now to make sure everybody else agrees with you. Growth happens. You, you got good soil. Look at you. You live, in a, you live in a flipping Holy Spirit greenhouse if you come to Life Center. You got the best environment possible. We're not better than every church on the planet. I'm just saying, like, you are so blessed and lucky. So blessed and lucky to live in an environment like this where almost anything will grow. Whatever you plant is going to grow in your life. Because you've got youth staff that are praying hours, plural, for you a week. We fertilize them. We're like, get it in the soil, Lord. Come on. We're there to help. Whatever you tend is going to grow. But here's the deal. The good seeds of God that you pick up on a Wednesday night are going to start to sprout. Like if you get really convicted on this or you come to a retreat or you come to an encounter night, you're like, oh my gosh, my whole life is transformed. But you leave all this growing in your life, choked out. Because you don't have time, you don't have energy, you don't have nutrition to feed the seeds that God is planting in those holy moments with him. The soil is your job. Tending the soil is your job. Submitting to the Holy Spirit to do it. You can't break this up. I want to tell you that, okay? But he won't break it unless you let him. He'll do the tilling. He'll do all the work if you're willing to let him. He's not a forceful God. He's not going to come and be like, you're ruined. I'm just going to destroy. Like he doesn't come with force. He comes with love. And he says, nope, this is not good. Let's make you like this. And then a little more process. We're going to make you like this. Now it's time to bring forth life of whatever you allow to flourish in your life is going to get life. Because there's good nutrients in here. you got the fertilizer, all that kind of stuff. But God says, you know what happens? When you remove all this stuff, and then when you pull out weeds, anybody ever pulled weeds in a garden? You find all kinds of other things mixed in there. Rocks that the roots are all torn around. You start finding some other things when you start pulling the roots out because they're wrapped around some things. You know, you got lust or you got this insecurity inside your heart that says, man, I need a boyfriend so I can feel special and loved. Oh, don't laugh, guys. You do the same thing, man. If I have a girlfriend, then everybody will know that I'm normal and I'm likable, and at least I'll know that I'm normal and likable. How real is that? I'm so insecure. I need someone else to lust over me so I can feel loved. That's really all it is, people. Because you don't need to date someone to know you're loved. Because nine times out of ten... Your dating isn't love at all. It's lust. It's self-serving. Because if you go after them to help yourself feel good, guess who you're working for? You. That's not love. That's not love. That is selfishness. I'm going to get this person in my life to walk on my arm and go on cool dates with so everybody knows I'm likable for my good. You're taking from somebody what isn't yours to take, to gain what you already have in a relationship with Christ. 
And until you get soil like this, don't even look for it. Because God wants to put soil like this with soil like this and watch some serious sequoias come out of that. Am I right? It says it takes 3,000 years or something for one of those sequoias to grow that big. But that's in like hard, rocky California soil. What if it was nourishing, filled up, fertilized, crazy soil? We're talking supernatural levels of growth without weeds, without competition, without all that other stuff. When you just let God continue to work your heart down. It's a process. I'm not saying like, oh, everybody walk out of here tonight like this. But if you're right here tonight, you can leave here going, God, this is where we're going. And if you're right here tonight, you can say, God, I want some soil and something will grow because I just feel like everything in my life is dead right now. If that's you, there's hope. You're not broken. You need to be broken. (laughs) It's your pride that needs stripped down, shattered, split apart, ground down, create some good soil, add some word of God in there. Okay, add some prophetic words and some encouragement to that, and you start getting nutrients in the soil. Okay, you start getting in the Bible every day, and rain starts falling. Yeah, because really healthy dry soil doesn't do much. I could plant seeds in here. If there's no water, it's just the seeds are just going to lay there for, like, years. So the things you're hearing tonight could spring forth into life tomorrow or 20 years from now. That's up to you and how you process with the Holy Spirit and allow him to take control in your life. Follow this? This is where the fruit comes. You want to see your world impacted? Move toward this. Because God talks about it all the time. Jesus has all these things. I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me and you will produce much fruit. It's another parable where he's going like, no, you've got to stay connected to the source here. And if you can recognize some weeds in your world that are totally choking up your time, fast them. Don't just cut them off. Root them out. Okay? If you struggle with porn, don't just put your phone away for a while. Go get some help from somebody and say, you know what? I could cut this off and put a smiley face on. I'm good. I'm good. See, there's nothing going on here. And guess what roots do? They grow back real fast. If you've ever weeded a garden and your parents say, go weed the garden out or whatever, you know, you go out there and you just like, <clears throat> you just rip them all out. Guess what you're doing about three days later? You're weeding again. You take the time to get a little shovel thing out and you find the, you like pull the whole thing together and you dig a shovel down alongside and <clears throat> pull out that root. Guess what's not coming back? All of these realities in the kingdom or like in the world and in nature, are pointing pictures to the likeness of God and how he works and how reality works. So if you think you can just go like, no, I ain't got no weeds. All the, you try to bury it all and cover it up and push it all, squash it down, what are you doing to the good seeds in your life? They're not growing either because everything's getting squished down in the soil, restricted, and no sunlight's happening and nothing good's coming. You pull those roots out, guess what the other cool thing is about soil? It needs oxygen in the soil. I rented this cool machine for my lawn this spring. I like, I've been working in the yard a lot. It's called an aerator. 
You know what that does? You've probably seen them. You know your football fields at school and stuff? Unless they got those cool new turf fields. You know, once in a, like every once a year, it, like the whole field is covered in little dog turds? That's not dog turds. It's a little machine that has all these little pipes that come down. And they stab into the soil. They're hollow pipes. They stab into the soil and they come back out. And the, the, the mud goes up into the tube. And then as it hits the next thing, more pushes out. And it pushes out. And you get these little round dog turd looking things of mud. What that's doing, okay, is the ground, like over time, will compact and get pressed down. And no oxygen can get in. And the roots don't develop well when they can't breathe. So what that does is it goes and takes extra soil out. And then the soil around it kind of fills in that gap, which loosens the density of the soil all the way around that hole and allows oxygen to flow in and out of the soil to produce healthier roots, which produce a healthier plant. You understand? Look at this science lesson and then all kinds of agriculture right now. But do you see, like, scientists have figured this out. If we aerate the soil, stuff grows better. If we don't get it all packed down and hard... If we keep it soft, look at this. Watch this. How far can I put my finger into this? I'm not a superhero, just in case you're wondering. Nowhere. What about this one? Meh. That much. This one. Pretty good, but look, ew. Ew. Okay? Look at this one. This just like, I know, real ew. What is that? All right. Do you hear it like... So here's what I'm going to do, guys. We're pretty much done, but I want to do something really cool. Uh, leaders, I want you to go back to the back. Drew's going to hook you up with something, and I want you to come up and line up up front for me. Man, those stones make this table really heavy. Come on. Ew. Anyway, talk about dog turds. Anyway, um, It's funny, right? It's okay to laugh at church, too, for crying out loud. I thought it was really wrong, but everybody was like, <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with these people? They were happy. And I was all mad about their happiness. I was like, that is not okay. That's not appropriate in church to have a good time. I was so grouchy. So here's what's going on. Oh, man, can we put some cool, smooth tunes on? Cool, smooth, worshipy tunes, flowy stuff. Stand up, everybody. Don't, get, don't disconnect. Stay with me. I know, it smells like dirt up here. It's so good. All right. The Bible says something really cool. It says, taste and see that God is good. So we're going to have you come up here and put some... No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to take... Ha, ha, ha. They've got dirt in these bowls. Listen, your leaders have this good soil up here. And I want you to come up today. And I want you to just grab a little pinch of it out of there. And I want you to put it in your hands because I want you to taste, not taste, but touch. I almost said taste. I meant not to. I want you to touch and see that God is good. And that this is his intention for your life and your heart. But he's not going to take you by force. He's going to take you by willingness. By your heart going like, look, I might be hard as a stone right now, but he's not going... You should feel so terrible about that. He's going, I have, I have a plan for you. I want to cultivate that soil. I want to break some stuff apart. I want to get into that pride. And I want to get into that hard stuff. And I want to get into that trauma you went through because somebody mistreated you. And I want to get into that. 
And I don't want your heart to be like a rock so you can't love anybody, you can't like anybody, you can't let anybody in. He's like, let's make you like some really rich soil that the people around you can go, wow, anything I throw in there is going to grow. And you become a life source to the people around you when you begin to produce fruit, not, not branches, not plants, but you become real life to the people around you when fruit begins to come out of your life and people come and they say, wow, what's this you have in your life? That looks really satisfying. Right back to the Garden of Eden, right? They saw that the fruit was pleasing to the eye and good to the taste and it drew them in. It drew them to a place of, I desire what's in. How many of you would like people to desire the Jesus that's in you so you don't have to ram it down their throat? Hello, it's like feeding kids vegetables. If you're a little, if you're a little sproutling thing, you're going like, ooh, look, Brussels sprouts. These are awesome. People are like, oh, what are you talking about? Those things, I kind of like Brussels sprouts, but that's a bad example. But little kids don't. They're like, ooh, it's green and it's weird. Look at me. You try to feed the Word of God to people in seed form, they go like, well, that doesn't make... Look at the weeds I got. They're all big and strong and hardy. They're looking at the weeds in their life going, I got bigger than that. I'm satisfied with my garden that I got brewing here. But you start showing up with apples and oranges and pineapple. Pineapple, right? Come on. Right, I know. That'll get somebody... Pick your favorite fruit and say, God, produce that in me. That the people around me will come to my branches and say, I would like what they produce in their life. And you, in that place, you know what's really awesome about fruit? It contains something. Sugar. What? More seeds. When you produce fruit and people come and take from the fruit, and they partake of the goodness of God that's on your life, the seeds from the fruit of your life go into their soil, and they begin this process of producing life and fruit out of their lives. Guess what the branches don't produce? Seeds. So people become spectators of your Christianity, not partakers of your Christianity. They come and look, and they're like, ooh, that's a pretty plant. But without fruit, there's no seeds for their life, for their freedom, for their rescue. And they're locked in the soil of weeds. And look at this. I can produce these really ugly plants that do nothing but drive my mom crazy. That's, that's revelation, people. It's the weeds in your life that drive your parents crazy. They're going, I see that that is not belonging in your garden. That shouldn't be there. And you go, no, it's perfect, mom. Why? You don't understand. You're old. Or maybe they're wise. Maybe they're wise because they've seen gardening a little bit longer than you. It's the weeds in your life that drive your parents crazy. If you're producing, even if your parents aren't believers, if they're not Christians, and your life begins to produce God fruit, it's not going to annoy your parents. It's going to bring them life. If you've got a little... You got a little sprout sticking out of the ground. You're like, you guys should go to church like me because I got saved and I'm going to heaven and you're all going to hell. Are you kidding me? That doesn't bring life to your family. The fruit that God produces in your life brings life to your family. Because those seeds go into their soil and bring freedom to your entire household. 
These are promises from God. So I don't want to talk any longer. I'm always long-winded, and I'm sorry, but not really, okay? So what I want you all to do real quick is I want you to line up in front of a leader. I want you to grab a little handful of soil, and I want, to, I want you to let them pray for you. If there's something specific you want them to pray for, I want you to tell them, say, hey, I feel like I'm a stone path right now in my heart. Will you pray for me to be broken of that? I feel like I'm rocky ground right now. Will you pray for me? Leaders, spread down a ways so we don't get too clustered here. So go both ways. Drew, go down a little ways. We got more leaders. If you just want general prayer, that's okay too. But I'm releasing you to get prayer. Don't leave till you get prayer from somebody. Find a short line if you're in a long one or we'll be here all night. Bless you guys. This podcast was recorded live at our Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, visit airborneyouth.com.